whole bunch of people saying, how do you do marketing? People don't want to hear it anymore. And I said, well, they don't want to hear certain types if it's gimmicks mm. and hype, but they still want to be helped. <laughs> so if you're helping them out, you're in a good place, right? Welcome to Marketing Conversations with Lamphouse Films, the show where we give you direct access to tips and insights from today's marketing thought leaders. Here at Lamphouse, we create film-centered marketing campaigns that audiences love. We're passionate about great marketing, and if you're here, you probably are too. So make sure you subscribe to our mailing list below for exclusive bonus material like extended interviews with our guests. Click the subscribe button and hit the notification bell so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Today, I'm talking to Scott Anderson, the CMO at Intermedia, an exciting cloud communications company. He's risen through the ranks of talented marketers working for places like HP and CNN. Scott has a lot of knowledge about how to build sales engines that work for people selling B2B. So if that's you, make sure to stick around to hear what Scott has to share. Well, so the the product that we have works well for this current environment, works well for the future environment. So from a product roadmap perspective, we didn't have to, you know, we didn't have to shift much. We're, <clears throat> we're already delivering it. It's, it's a matter of when you were focused on business phones and in the office and all of that, and then all of a sudden people aren't in the office, it's a bit more about, hey, here's what we have. And in this new world, here's how it, here's how it could resonate. Here's how it could solve your problems. Mm, and yeah, and it's, and it's interesting. You talk about people shifting or companies shifting, people's work environment shifting. We saw that, and one of the approaches that that we took early on was, you know, I, I've managed distributed teams forever, so I'm really comfortable with it. We have this mm. tool set where we're distributed and we can use it. We spent a lot of time helping other small businesses um, as to how to make the switch, or helping we sell through partners to small businesses. And educate our partners. Hey, here's how to go educate your customers. Hmm. Um, how do you manage a video meeting? Uh, what looks good on a video meeting? Lighting and having the camera in the right place. How do you manage uh, a, a remote workforce? How do you work remotely? All those types of things. We had that down. So part of the thing that we did was um, we were helping our, our customers, our prospects. And that was one thing that we knew that we recognized maybe a a pizza restaurant doesn't know. Maybe, you know, uh, an insurance company doesn't know. So we helped a lot of companies overcome these hurdles um, and stay solvent and continue to communicate regardless of the situation. Yeah, I don't know if this is new to me or if or if this is an accelerated trend of um, content marketing as the solution to these problems. Is right. that something that you guys that you're seeing ramping up, or is that sort of always been the strategy? Uh, I think it's always been the strategy for me. If mm. you're useful to prospects and customers, and you identify some pain point they have, and you represent yourself as a solution that can deliver something for them, that's good. And and a lot of that is in the useful content. People read our stuff and then go, "Huh, I want to do that." Who are these guys again? That's value. Hmm. So I think we're sort of getting to the heart of what I wanted to chat with you about. Okay, because hit it. I, I, um, I think there are a thousand books about how to build a sales funnel, how to build a sales engine. And right. so many of those books are concentrated on B2C, making a sale of something that is like $50 or less. 
Right. So, so much of those techniques, at least as I'm sort of consuming them and seeing what's out there, I'm like, well, this doesn't really make any sense for me and a lot of the people that I work with who are selling mm-hmm. higher ticket items less frequently and often to businesses. So mm-hmm. what are some of the big mental shifts that you have to make when you're selling business to business or specifically building a sales engine to sell business to business? So I don't think B2B and the wall between B2B and B2C is as as pronounced as a lot of people think. Hmm. I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is when you're selling to a consumer or a business, you're still selling to a person. So sometimes Hmm. on the B2B side, what's emphasized is it's almost robotic. Like, oh, you do these things and and a business shifts, but you're selling to a person. That person has hopes and dreams. They want to do well in their job. Uh, they don't want to waste money. They don't want to drive their business down a rat hole where all of a sudden, you know, they, they spent on something and it doesn't work. They want to be successful. And so for me, the business, the, the difference between B2B and B2C, there's, there's kind of two. One is in B2B, there's going to be more roles and more players in the decision process. So it's not just a person and you're mm-hmm. selling toothpaste or whatever. Now you have a CFO cares about finance. You have a business owner, they care about bettering the business. You might have an IT person, they care about the technology. So now you have to think about different wants and needs of different roles and different people. That's one thing. And then the other that's likely true with a lot is you're probably working closer with a sales force on the inside. So B2B marketers mm. need to align very closely with their sales force who are calling on specific accounts. And in the past, there's kind of been a, a bit of um, tension there still is between marketing and sales sometimes, but Mm -hmm. a great marketer, in my opinion, needs to be part of the sales force and the message needs to be fluid all the way through. We, we do the initial touch points when it goes down and assuming a salesperson picks up the conversation, marketing needs to help script that conversation, hit the high points and Mm -hmm. everything happens fluidly. So those are the two things. There's a, it's a bit more complicated, but it's been, it's been seen as as like a machine versus kind of more emotions, and I'm I don't buy into that. And so that's by the way that's that's part of our shift when when we when COVID hit and we moved, I had a whole bunch of people saying, "How do you do marketing? People don't want to hear it anymore." And I said, "Well, they don't want to hear certain types if it's gimmicks mm-hmm. and hype, but they still want to be helped. <laughs> so if you're helping them out, you're in a good place, right?" And I've always subscribed to that, so it was just natural for me. But I don't know if everybody does. Yeah, I think that's that's really you're really hitting it. And that's a I think a, a change of thought that I had a few years back where realizing, you know, in the marketing world but also so we're in the film world, we do commercials, we do feature films. Right. And it's like everybody from like the people in marketing to like high level executives at the dis- distribution company we're trying to talk to, it's like these are all just individuals who are like yeah. nervous about yeah. doing their job well. Yeah. And so reaching to that individual is, is great. I, what I've never heard articulated before is that one of the big differences is like you're talking to multiple individuals at once and yeah. different who all have their own agendas. Mm-hmm. So practically, how are you uh, are you crafting different messages for each of these? Oh, if this type of person's in the meeting, we're going to yeah. go at it this way. Or is it just, yeah, take me through, take me through that a little bit. We do. When people – so. Everybody's not cookie cutter, but if you're in a certain role, there's a high likelihood that you're going to care about a certain thing. So if you're if you're a chief financial officer, you're going to be doing what's prudent for the company. Make sure the the you know the any purchase that comes through has some kind of return on investment. So so there's a message there. For us, we sell to a lot of um, small business owners, and 
And oftentimes tech B2B messaging is designed for IT. So it's all these crazy features and functionality and big words that nobody understands. But we recognize that a business owner is like, here's what I need for my business. Um, I, I need to sell stuff. I need to support customers. I need the people to collaborate, that kind of stuff. There's that message. And then there is an IT message, which is a little more technical. And IT people care about it's got to work. There's a whole ecosystem. It's got to fit in with the other stuff. Um, it can't be, I call it future legacy. So you can't buy into something that's going to be just, you know, this anchor that's dragging you down, down the road, all of these things. So there's all these different roles. And yes, we define the messages for each one of the different roles and try and speak to what, what each one of those roles cares about. So if we were to step back in the process a little bit, uh -huh. once you get in there, okay, we're just talking to individual people and we got to think mm -hmm. about what their role is and therefore what their motivation is. Mm -hmm. But in that very, very first, how do we get in front of them? Yep. There are there's a lot of people talking about, you know, advertising on social media and all of these things that I just question, like when we're working B2B, is that really the most sound strategy or are there other ways to get to people? So what are what are some things that you guys are thinking about on that initial on that in, for that initial touch point? It's still marketing's role in the companies that I've been in to try and go out and cast that broad net and get the first contact and have if somebody raises their hand and says, I read your stuff. I'm interested. Um, then, then the conversation ensues, whether it's with some digital something or other mm. from a marketing perspective, or you hand them off to a salesperson. So there still needs to be a, I guess, a, a broad, a broad yet targeted approach to reach the, reach the right people. Mm. And so for us, a couple of things, one is um, we identify these different roles that I talked about, and then we identify uh, where they go and what they read and what they're doing. And so part of that, you mentioned content uh, marketing, is we, um, we put content out there that's interesting for them. And there's a call to action at the end. If they like our content, you know, conceptually, they'll come visit our website, talk to what us. What types of content are you guys using? Are these blogs or are you, I saw you on a podcast maybe? Not this one, yeah. but were you yeah, like hosting you, you somebody? Have. You may have. Yeah, yes, you did. So we, I run a uh, series called uh, Intermediate Business Innovators. And we interview, I, I interview our customers and our partners and it's just hmm. a business discussion and it's around communications and it's, Hey, what are you thinking about with communication? What are you doing differently? So there's a couple of things. One is content syndication. So we write some great stuff. So did you know your old hmm. phone system is, um, is putting your business on hold? That's one that, that I really like your old phone system oh, is yeah. putting your business <laughs> on hold. We have a bunch of those. Here's reasons why you should think about this. You know, those go out there. Uh, I talk to customers and then those customers interviews, we broadcast broadly and we get a lot of interest in those because mm -hmm. other people in other industries, for example, we have one that's a, uh, a, a radio company. They own 25 different radio stations. And we were talking about broadcasting when COVID virus hit the CEO of this radio station, he was smart enough to digitize all the radio stations they buy the broadcasting piece and also the business piece. And when COVID came, the DJs all grabbed their computers, went home, plugged their mics into the computers. There was no loss mm. of continuity in the radio station. Same for the business. So we tell these types of stories and other prospects and customers in the same industry hmm. like to hear those. We do social, uh, some social advertising because people are on LinkedIn, they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook. So you just try and be where these people in these roles go to mm. and be there with something interesting. So that content that you're creating, are you just putting it out there into the world and people are finding it? Or is that, are you trafficking that stuff through social too? 
we're tracking that stuff through social too. So when we write a good piece of content, then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put it out in a lot of different locations. So part of that is on social, part of it is on, there's companies that do syndication and they push all these white papers and videos out there. We do videos on YouTube. We just made a couple of videos, put them on YouTube. People find it there. Search is really important. The whole ecosystem. I really do think more and more that people um, people need to be given something before they're willing to listen to what you have to say. Especially in today, like today, there's just so many people are vying for your attention. And so yep. what are you going to provide to me first to make it worthwhile for, for me to listen to anything that you have well, to say? Well, that's just a, as, as we're talking here, if I think about the building blocks for good communication, so sometimes you were talking about advertising and if you're just pushing out ads, is that good or bad? And for me, the starting point is know your audience. So when we talked about how the audience is changing, like we were dead on with, wow, we just saw the audience, they changed in a big way. We have to understand what they care about. By the way, doing that is we go out and talk to them. What do you care about? What's happening? Mm. Oh, I, want, I want my doors to stay open. I had a call center. I had to send everybody home, like in a medical facility. But all of a sudden, all, more calls are coming in asking about the COVID virus, but I can't have the call center people sitting in this room. What, what do I? So there's that. And then there is, so how can we help those people? And that's the content that we're talking about. We think long and hard about what can we do to help them to, to get to where they need mm. to be. And then it's about distribution. So where are these different roles going to be? And how do we pop this stuff up that's useful to them? And then they come our way. And then there's all these kind of mechanisms in the background where you can measure all the touch points and, and track it. the thing that you talked about, the business demand engine. Yes, we have that. Boards love to see. ROI, put a buck into marketing, what comes out the other end. So all that stuff is in the background. So it's, Yeah, it's, and that's where that science, that love of science and marketing right. sort of come together. Yeah, yeah you do. And, the, and, and that is very scientific. And there's so much MarTech out there now and put, connecting all the pieces and making it measurable so that you can track what works and what doesn't. That's really important. And that's on the techie geeky side of things. But it's really important too. Hmm. Are you guys doing all that techie geeky tracking with your with your general branding stuff too, or is that more so in your like sales funnel conversiony stuff, or is that all just one and the same? It's it's I have a we have a dashboard, so we have a Power BI dashboard where we can see all that's going on across marketing, starting with the objectives, aligning with the business objectives, and then backing it out. Awareness mm. is part of that, but we don't measure awareness in the same way, the branding type of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be impressions, brand tracking studies, share of voice. Uh, we use sentiment um, to look at what's being said about us out in social, track ratings and reviews, all of those types of things. So yes, we measure everything, very data driven, mm -hmm. but different depending on what the business objective is of that particular marketing activity. And it sounds like you guys are really in touch with your customers in general because, yeah, you keep talking about talking to them in marketing stuff. So obviously you're talking to them. And so how you're being perceived in the world, I feel like you, you must have a pretty close beat on that. There's something that's really important to me. And it's throughout my whole career, I've when I've coached marketers on my team, it's go talk to customers. We, we also, we sell primarily through partners too. So we talk to our mm. partners and they're driving businesses with their customers. So to the extent that you spend time with customers and going back to, learning that they're real people, they have emotions, you know, they'll smile, mm. they'll tell you what's wrong, all that kind of stuff. The more you get that as a marketer, you're not in an ivory tower, 
and you can really align with what matters to customers as people versus just, here's what I heard, here's this report that came in from an analyst, whatever. All that stuff you need to disseminate. But to me, going out and talking to people, that's what really helps. And sometimes when I'm reading a piece and it's all you know big words and technical, I'm actually thinking of those people I talk to and go, would they care about this? Would they understand this at all? What, what would they care about? What are their drivers? And it, and it really helps. So I encourage yeah. everybody to do that. Yeah, that's one thing I feel like we say to our clients all the time as we're devo- as we're like creating films for them. It's like uh-huh. you have to remember that nobody cares about you at all. And so right. what right. do you say that they actually do care about? And then we can start there. Yeah, I, I, I also tell people you have a fraction of a second. When you were talking about the, um, the advertising mm-hmm. on social and that, you have a fraction of a second to capture somebody's attention. But sometimes mm-hmm. there's concepts that come through that are very clever. And I go, wow, that's clever. And if I had five minutes to look at that yeah. and go, ah, oh, I get it. But you won't with the customer because they'll be going doing whatever. You kind of pop up and they'll go right by you. So it's got to be really clear. That's really important. So that's good advice you've given your customers too. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> So for for people who are so far in their businesses surviving on word of mouth advertising, just sort of waiting for the next customer to come in, for those people who are starting to realize, okay, it's time to be building a sales engine, it's time to be building the sales funnel, what is sort of the one piece of advice that you would give them as they're as they're jumping into this for the first time? I I would I would say Focus first on why you matter and why somebody mm. should care about you. So be, even before you go out and buy, book advertising or, or whatever, figure out why you matter, why you're different, and why somebody should care about you. Because what I've seen is sometimes with small companies, they just start going through the motions, um, but they haven't thought through, here's why I'm unique. Here's why somebody should stop and go, who are these guys again? And that's before you spend a nickel, if you don't have that, done then you're wasting money how do you how do you get to that place like like what are the what are the tools that you would use just to sort of figure that out because i so many companies it's so hard to sort of break out of your own perspective or that curse of knowledge they say of like it's so hard to break out of that so how do you how do you find that that core message there's a whole bunch of different ways to um to to break into the community, like or not break into the community, to understand what the community is saying. So I'm, mm. I mentioned a couple that we look at, ratings and reviews. You have people who are very honest and they've had some engagement with you or used your product and they're saying things good and bad. That said, you can also read your competitors' ratings and reviews. You go, okay, so these are all the same types of audiences. Mm. Here's what they care about, here's what they don't. You start to get a sense. Um, sentiment, so measuring social sentiment you can go out and track you, competitors, everybody else. What are the conversations that are happening across the social scape that have to do with your particular area? What do people care about what they don't care about? Boom. So you pull hmm. all that stuff together. And then back to my point about, and then go out and talk to real people and ask them questions. Eventually, you can get to the point where you go, now I know what my audience base cares about. You know, A good marketer worth his or her salt understands what your product does, your value proposition. And then you should be able to connect the two and go, okay. Here's what they care about. Here's what we do. Here's the messaging. But then the other thing is you can put messaging out there and test it. And this is where the metrics mm. come in. Yeah, you can, you can do A-B testing. You can, you can push out through social media and ask for comments and see what comes back. There's a lot of ways to have two-way 
communication and actually understand if your if your message is is resonating in market or creative testing do all that stuff Mm -hmm. and i feel like that is just cheaper and more accessible than ever if you have 20 bucks you can test two ideas like it it's 20 bucks and a little bit of time if you have the uh time look it's the internet all the information is out there all the conversations are out there you just have to go have to go do some reading yeah yeah that's great that's really good we have a the when I talked about how things kind of changed at the end of the year last year from short term remote work to long term we got to be flexible. We put a new campaign in market. In fact, if you go to our homepage, you'll see work better from wherever, and that's our mm-hmm. message around long term. When we thought about that, it was in talking to customers like what's what's changed and being a part of panels discussions and stuff like that. And then we put this message together. And we said we think this message is is relevant for the times. And then we did testing, we did creative testing, like all this stuff doesn't cost that much. We took it out to our customer. I actually called like five customers, five partners, talked to them. What do you think? We refined it, put it out there, did A-B testing. It's our message. And so there's, it, it's, it's not cost prohibitive to do all this stuff. Hmm. I think a lot of people would be nervous to reach out to their, to their customers or clients to talk about these things. Do you, do you, find, that, do you find that people are eager to help? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Huh. In fact, in fact, I'm amazed at how eager they are to help. I found that as a company that somebody's doing business with, if you're reaching out to them and asking their opinion about you and being open and honest about it, people want to contribute. They want to be part yeah. of it. They, you have opinions and, and you know that if there's a company you like, or if you don't like, if somebody reached out and said, Hey, we're doing this big thing. What do you think? You go, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. People want to do that. And it's good yeah. or bad. It, it can't be whitewashed is the point. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to listen. If they don't like it, you got to go, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. Like, I, I, I feel like if some company that I admired reached out for my opinion, I would become more loyal to that company. Right. Not annoyed by, yeah. huh, that's good. I, it, initially, when I did it a long time ago, I was worried about it. Like, oh, the fabled customer. If I go talk to a customer, what if I do something wrong? And I found, again, when I picked up the phone, talked to people, video conferencing is the best because they can look at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's just open. And they're even open if I have to go back and I go, hey, can I, can I get in touch with you tomorrow? I have another question. They'll go, yeah, you know, my calendar's booked, but I'll, I'll make time for you because, mm. because you've engaged with them and, and they want to have the discussion. Wow. Yeah, I feel like all of this stems de- stems back to the same thing that it wouldn't be to see is listen to the customer and what they have to listen. say. Yeah, but and then the next part is and be valuable to them. If you're not valuable yeah. to them, they're not going to want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely know? true. You can't just listen and then provide and then not not actually take in their feedback and provide solutions that they don't need. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that, that's how we do it. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to our mailing list below for access to special bonus content every other week right in your inbox. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review. It really helps with visibility and we love hearing from you guys. We also put together a little training about how Netflix is disrupting advertising. And no, it's not what you think. If you want to watch that, check out the link in the description. It's totally free.